What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my co-host, the Beanie Boy himself, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's up, man? What's going on, Brennan? How's your passion for hip hop this week? I hey, I have a true passion for hip hop, and everybody who listens to my other podcast knows that. I almost deleted it, but we don't edit on that show unless no. it's a story I've already told. It's the we, are also, <laughs> we are also joined by our producer L. Greg. Say hello to the people, Greg. Hello, people. Unfortunately, I do not have a passion for hip hop, but it's okay. I'm still a good person. It's going. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be all right. Quick rundown of the show. If you are new to the show um, here, Joe and I will talk some sports. We'll start with the kickoff. It'll be the featured segment of the week. We're going to go through NBA today, NFL, NHL. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Brennan, what about March Madness? <laughs> Don't worry. We will get to that with the quick hits. We're actually it's going to be the discussion portion where there'll be a question or something that Joe and I want to kind of go back and forth on. Um, so we'll talk about uh, March Madness and the quick hits along with a few other things. Then we will have the walk-off, which is going to be a short essay portion um, that we will do separately, followed by the press conference where we're just going to plug a bunch of stuff like some dirty, dirty whores. Anyway, let's, let's get to it. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Here we go. Let's, Here we we're going to start NBA because that's... We've had a lot of stuff happen in the last week, Joe. Biggest thing, in my opinion, uh, the favorites, the Lakers, the Adonis that is the Lakers, mm. not only are, are have no AD, but now LeBron James is out, goes down with a leg injury. What what, what, do, we, what do we got about this? What are we, we got, talking about? What are we seeing? Ankle injury out of LeBron, out indefinitely. Um, this throws the whole West into flux and into play because the Lakers are going to, they're going to have a decline uh, we're going to see in the next coming weeks here, which is going to help a bunch of other teams if they can take advantage of this time. Uh, my Nuggets did it, taking an L today um, to the dang Pelicans. But um, the Suns are currently second in the West. The Clippers can bounce back from fourth to third. Um, this could create a big free fall for the Lakers, knowing how far they can drop. But if they get to the playoffs and have LeBron and AD, no fans really in stands, so home court's not really a thing. I think they'll be fine if they can get to the playoffs with those guys healthy, but this provides a, just a little bit of light for some other teams. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's it's interesting because we said the last couple of weeks, it didn't matter that AD went down because as long as they had LeBron there, um, to kind of, you know, steady the ship. They're going to be fine. LeBron never gets hurt except for that one season a couple years ago where he hurt his groin. Um, he has been freakishly uh, healthy. Been a humanoid typhoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, <laughs> for him to go down, it, it really creates, like you said, it creates a power vacuum. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the other um, Los Angeles team that kind of uh, springs on that, but I'm looking out for teams like Phoenix, uh, Utah. All those teams can make... Uh, do you moves, mean Utah or the Nuggets? I do mean I do <laughs> okay. mean Utah there. Um, also the Nuggets though too. Yeah, um, there are a couple trade deadline things that can happen. We'll talk more about that next week. But I I think this puts the entire West in a flux, like you said. I don't think the Lakers can win the title if LeBron can't get back by the playoffs. Uh, I know you said he's out indefinitely. What do you have any more no, information no, no on the injury? It's been released, um, but it's an ankle injury. Indefinitely. 
is really just a catch-all term. It's kind of like in hockey when they have a lower body Lower injury. body, yeah. yeah. They're just being deceptive with it, um, dis- just disguising it, shrouding it in a bit of mystery. Um, but no, I'm thinking three weeks max, like, okay. like four or five, uh, probably like six, seven games missed or other. Um, but this creates another power vacuum in the MVP discussion, Brennan. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to touch on that real quick? Well, you know I do because you now know who's the front runner for the MVP, Brennan. Your Joker. His floorness, as you respectively call it. Respectively call him. Nikola uh, Jokic. Nikola Jokic is now in the driver's seat for the MVP with Joel Embiid out for many weeks. Um, and LeBron now being AD, out. LeBron, yeah, they're all, uh, they're all out of their race. This will um, also now put... I think uh, Damian Lillard as a real threat. Um, oh, good, good call. I didn't even think about I that. I think that and uh, Luca also rises My a little man. bit higher now. So and now they've snuck their way back into the playoff picture. Yep. So it's going to be hey, an I, even more interesting MVP race. I know you're a Nuggets fan. I wanted to ask you if you knew this about um, his floorness. So I have a cousin, big Denver fan. Shout out Tom Joyce. What's up, Tom? Um, hey, Tom. he said, I texted him about the Joker and he sent me, uh, his, uh, his floorness, AKA the, his groundness, AKA the big honey. Have you heard <laughs> that one? The I big honey. I heard the big honey. That's hilarious. All right. So shout out Tom Joyce. Maybe <laughs> let me know what the big honey is in reference to. Cause he's, Please. he's, he, he loves the Joker. <laughs> um, we're going to go from the West to the East. Now we wanted to touch on. There's a lot of movement happening, obviously, right before the trade deadline. But that's my my Boston Celtics. Your Boston Celtics have been What's in a Paul bit Pierce's of a f- nickname, by the way. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> um, that's an inside joke. I had a set this week, and I called Paul Pierce the wrong nickname and got called out by someone in the front row. Um, it was bad, it but happen. yep. And then for Allen Iverson, I just said AI. I didn't say the answer. Anyway. Unbelievable. The Celtics in a tailspin. Uh, they did win tonight against my uh, other team, the Orlando Magic. But so the Magic aren't. The, well, I have two in basketball. <laughs> but the Magic aren't. Well, three because I have an adopted team in the Nuggets because of you. But the mm-hmm. Magic haven't been playing well. They've been like riddled by injuries this season. Right. So it was expected. Uh, Smart is back. Uh, Kemba, that whole situation still boggles my mind. It's crazy because it seems like the Celtics need a player right now. They lost uh, four out of their last five before tonight. They need a player uh, like Gordon Hayward, um, that like a swing player, a bigger guy, seems like that would answer some of their problems. But uh, he's gone now. So, Joe, let me get your rundown on the, the Celtics. I, I know what I think, but what do you think? Well, the win today got them back to Mount 200. Um, 200. Mount 500, sorry. Um, but I don't even think they need Gordon Hayward. I, again, I think they need some specialists. They don't have many specialists. They have a bunch of players. They have a collection of players that all can do about the same thing. Kemba's a slasher and he can spot up and shoot. Jalen does the same. Tatum does yeah. the same. Yep. They don't have anybody who it's like, hey, like like I said before, Duncan Robinson, go spot up in the corner. We're going to slash and we'll kick it out to you and you'll collect some threes. Um, I think that it reflects heavily in their loss to say the Cavs and the Kings. Um And also all this speculation now that Brad Stevens is going to end up going to Indiana, which he's been trying to squash for like three, four days now since they fired whichever Miller brother that was not cheating, but his other brother cheats at Arizona. Um, How's that guy not lost his job? But anyways, um, 
I, I think I think just so much is surrounding this team, and they have been good for so long that everybody's just looking at them like LeBron. Okay, when LeBron was the roadblock, that made sense. Now it's an open East, re- th- yeah. uh, theoretically, and now you're playing worse. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing too is windows don't stay open f- like forever. Like just ask Golden State. Uh like these windows are going to close and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but they've been to more conference finals than you would think. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so we looked it up. Um I think it, we said it was 3 out of the last 5 they've yeah, been to the conference finals. Haven't won a single one of them. So windows don't stay open forever. And now, you know, Kemba's day to day. They'll get Tristan Thompson back. Everyone else is back from injury. So they need to start gelling and they need to start gelling now. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be dead in the water in the playoffs. Yeah. Are they going to end playoffs? up? I, I think when I today, the start of today, before the, the results of today, they were the eighth seed in the East. So they were really on the outside, even with the extended yeah, that playoffs. one win against the Magic team, which is riddled with injuries. Like I said, they're not playing very well. It jumped them all the way to six. It's yeah. crazy how tight the East is. I mean, yeah. especially that bottom portion of it. Yeah, I was going to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Not as four. Four teams are all within a game of each other. Yeah, but so you know, the game within still within striking distance. Those. Pesky Brooklyn Nets on your 76ers. Oh, yeah. That's, yep, they're just they a game behind. They took it over. And I think Brooklyn lost to Orlando, which was an odd result. Yeah, that was a weird result. Aaron Gordon had like 40 or something. I, I was know, like, and they're going to get rid of him, and I'm so mad. I don't want them yep. to, but they Doing will. It. They got to implode their whole team. Yeah. They're, I don't I know, know why. Did they, they did so many bad drafts in a row. Sorry, I know, but they yeah. picked like four years in a row. They went after power forwards. I was like, yep. you can't have everybody play the same position. I don't know yeah, if you yeah. know this, guys. <laughs> There's only five guys on the team or on the, the court, and not all of them can be like 6'10". To- yeah, I said, they all can't be 6'9". Inside uh, scores, all right. Yeah, Get some guards. Players. <laughs> Mario Hazonia is not your answer, all right. Yeah, right. Go well, get a speaking, guard. Speaking of guards, speaking of guards, um, we had a massive injury for a rookie of the year, uh, Lamelo Ball, who I had as rookie of the year. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. this seemed like a really bad rookie class going into the draft. Like a lot of the media was talking, basically talking garbage about it, and it turns out this class has been pretty good, especially Lamelo Ball. He yeah. was getting ripped on for his play in Austria and then in Australia. I love how you put uh, him in Austria. He was in Lithuania. That's what I said. Lithuania, <laughs> then Australia. Um, but he, I, there's no way I thought you were going to know that. So I just threw out a, <laughs> I threw out a European country. Um, but when he was in Australia, I know my he, well. he did not play well. Um, he was ripped on for being arrogant. Uh, taking too many bad shots and stuff. So anyway, when he got into the NBA draft, I didn't think he was going to be very good. And he is rookie of the year. Well, he was yep. until the injury that happened today, just moments ago. Luckily, we have our producer, L. Greg, on it, and he put it in the rundown. So what do you have for rookie of the year moving forward now, Joe? Um, Now who I have in that spot, uh, somebody who was – Dirt was thrown on him. Uh, he became a big topic of controversy. I don't know if you remember this, Brennan, but one James, uh, shoot, one Anthony Edwards had yep. had a huge dunk, and you and some other nerds 
said, it's just two points. And I said, guys, <sighs> it's one of the most spectacular. It, it was it was as do you remember the uh, DeAndre Jordan versus Brandon Knight dunk? No, I don't. Oh, geez. DeAndre Jordan put Brandon Knight on his back. Um, it's an image I can't get out of my head because Brandon Knight is from Broward County. What's up, homie? Um, but yeah, a, you guys were throwing dirt in his grave, and now the kid has been on a tear since. I believe he's had at least three games of over 30 points, a 40-point game in there. Uh, since yeah, he that did. game, he's averaged over 22 points a game. Uh, helping uh, this terrible Timberwolves team get some wins. Um, I think that organization is just so poisonous that no good player can really do anything there because we've seen Kevin Love be there. We saw KG oh my God. be there. I just watched that. I just watched that dunk. You I'm sorry. Just now watched it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the DeAndre Jordan one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. Oh, oh. Holy moly! I get nightmares about that one, but um. Yeah, no, I think Anthony Edwards has turned the narrative on his season, and I think he's definitely now a top candidate for Rookie of the Year that LaMelo Ball is out. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I was going to go with Halliburton just because he's on the better team when it comes to the West, uh, not by much, but um, I don't know. Sacramento, I feel like, is trying to actually make some moves. Uh, what you're saying about Edwards, though, makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you said, he just had 40 points the other night. He's gotten a lot of minutes yeah um a lot of minutes a lot of those he's... minutes because uh malik beasley had a couple of arrests had an, an arrest and, and got suspended for like 12 games but yeah take advantage yeah, of the situation <laughs> but hey you can only forge steel in a fire so you, you've actually convinced me I'm, I'm gonna switch my pick to edwards anthony edwards shout out to the young bull out of georgia yeah well speaking of Young, I don't know. There's no Bulls. segue here. You can. I don't Young think Bulls. you can get that. We're going to go to the NFL. Hey. <laughs> Big news this week. Uh, free agency started. The new league year started. That was on March 17th, I believe, at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So, um, Joe, we're going to just. Year. Yeah, it's very bizarre. But what we're going to do is we're just going to run through. Um, the different divisions. Yes. Uh, and we're going to go over some of the. We're just going to. For the listeners, we're just going to give who we thought in that division won free agency and why. So far. Uh, my entire walk-off. Yeah, so far. My entire walk-off is going to be about my biggest winner and biggest loser in free agency. Okay. So I'm just going to touch on these. I don't want to go too far in depth. I don't want to burn my uh, walk-off. So, Joe, we are first going to start with the AFC East, which is the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, Patriots, and the Jets. Who you got as far as winning that free agency? All right. Bear with me now. Okay. I think the Jets won. Okay. Okay. I think the Jets won. Now, we know the Patriots have made a bunch of huge moves, and I'm not going to begrudge anybody that say they won. All right. But all year, I kept saying the Jets have a good shell of a team with a couple yep. key players in certain spots. They just need some skill, guys. They went and got your boy Keelan Cole. They went and got yep. Corey Davis. They went and got Tyler Croft on their defense. They went and got Sheldon Rankins, Carl Lawson. They re-signed Marcus May. They went and got LaMarcus Joyner. They got some key pieces in key positions key players, sorry, in key positions to really round out the rest of that team to pair with some of the players they already have 
and to bring in a rookie quarterback, as we all think, or if they even stay with Sam Darnold, they finally got talent that is compare, uh, commensurate with playing in this division. I don't think they're going to be a 10-win team now, but they're obviously making better moves to get better. Yeah. Um, as far as if we're just talking about just free agency, um, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Jets made uh, necessary moves. I'd put the Bills next to them uh, or maybe just right below them uh, because the Jets, ha- like we said, and I think if the Jets decide to keep Sam Darnold, which I think they should, I don't think he's, I think they can reform him. I think they have all those picks. If you trade down out of the number two pick with the pieces you just picked up, and get like say two first rounders or a, a first rounder in two seconds, you can turn that into a real team if Sam Darnold can get his confidence back. So I agree with you. The Jets, I believe, won free agency. And I don't know anybody who's saying New England because we'll talk about it later, but I think they fucking lost free agency. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the AFC North, we've got the Ravens, oh, the Bengals. Oh, 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 oh. I, I got a little pushback on that. Now, their receiving pickups, I don't think were the greatest, but getting those two tight ends, what they can do with Trent Brown back we're there. We're going to talk David about Andrew, it later. You're going to talk about it. I'm not going to have a chance to talk about it. I know. That's why I don't <laughs> do it. <right now. laughs> I think they can get back to a power run again, especially with Cam if they keep him at quarterback. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, no, that's actually, I will address that. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> So we're going to move to the AFC North. I don't want to I don't want this to come off to like just reading off shit, yeah. but uh, we need to go over the free agency stuff. The Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns and the Steelers. Joe, who you got? All right. I got the Cincinnati Bengals. God damn it, man. We're going to stop <laughs> connecting on everything. Uh, they got an offensive tackle, which was Riley mm, Reef. That's the biggest thing that they super needed. Super necessary, especially with Joe Burrow coming back. And they went and got your boy. You say his name, but for it. Trey Hendrickson, defensive end, formerly of the Saints, signed a four-year, $60 million deal, $32 million in the first two years. Yeah, um, they got a couple uh, corners, which I think was necessary. I think those are the biggest move. Uh, Until Baltimore signs a receiver, uh, they're going to be my loser for this division. Um, And I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be any better because Juju resigned, they have a quarterback issue that is glaring, and they're gonna have it for a whole another year. So yeah, and it's interesting because Cleveland went all in on their defense during free agency. Um, so yeah, I can and Cody Parkey. Oh, isn't he the doink doink guy? Um, yeah, yes. I completely I've agree. Only I think said the he's Bengals, terrible since he was an Eagle. Yeah, I think the Bengals took this one. Um, I don't know what's really going on with the Steelers. Let's move on to my division, though, the AFC South. Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. Joe, who are you taking? Who you who you got in this one? Whoo! All right. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, first one we disagree on. Really? Yeah, I think grabbing uh, Carlos Hyde, Philip Dorsett, Marvin Jones really is gonna look well. when Trevor Lawrence gets there and then stacking back the defense with two corners and Sidney Jones, who's not great, but he's okay. Um, and Shaquille Griffith. I don't know how uh, Seattle just let him walk, um, but that's really going to solidify that corner position, which will then make it easier for your front seven. Tell me who won in your eyes. Um, I agree with you. I think the Jags are in second though. I think the Indianapolis Colts won free agency. Um <laughs> 
And you might say, Brennan, why? Because with their coach, I think he can rehabilitate Carson Wentz. Listen, listen. And they re-signed the two players they could possibly have hit free agency, Marlon Mack and Xavier Rhodes. They re-signed. The whole idea of free agency is not to go out on a fire sale and try and plug every hole in your team. This is one of the best teams overall, you know what I mean, from top to bottom in the NFL. They re-signed their two players and went out and got a quarterback that I think Frank Wright can fix. So I think they won free agency. Not overall. We're going to save that for the NFC South, but I think they definitely won in this division. I think they could. Oh, wait. Did you tease who's your overall number one? Um, I think... uh, they could have let Marlon Mack go because, I mean, he missed all of last year and they still were a 10-11 win team. Um, and we saw the growth of, uh, what's the boy, Jonathan Taylor yeah. as a rookie. Um, and they still have uh, Naheem Hines. So I don't think Marlon Mack was a key re-signing. They could have found another Marlon Mack a dime a dozen. Yeah, but it's a one-year, $2 million contract. And if I I mean, a lot of people, we have recency bias, but if you remember two years ago, Marlon Mack was Oh, an I, animal. I remember, yeah. but I'm saying everything he gave you, you have now in Jonathan Taylor. I know, but it's depth. It's depth. Jonathan Taylor, you know, you know because you do the show with me, how much <laughs> you, I, I think. I'm saying you could have got younger keeper depth in the draft instead of re-signing Marlon Mack at two mil. I just think it was great Again, that they were able the to way, keep their players. I just want to point out that. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The Colts have one of the most money in 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 cap, yep. and they still don't spend anything. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Bud Dupree going to the Tennessee Titans? I, think that's I, a, I, I don't like it for him, but yeah. I love it for them. Yeah, I don't. I'm worried. I don't know if he's a hundred percent. My thing's not even a hundred percent. They don't have enough pieces to make him look good. The thing with the yeah. Steelers was they had that line, they had that front line with uh, Watt and the rest of them that made it easier on a linebacker, whereas now he's going to have to create a lot for himself. Greg, you remember what um, Warren Sapp said about uh, TJ Watt? <laughs> <laughs> I remember laughing about it, but I can't even remember what exactly what it was. You're talking about on the, uh, yeah, the Super TJ Bowl Watt. special. Yeah, yeah, he he's said? overrated. That no, he just said that TJ Watt was overrated. That the the he's not getting doubled every single du- doubled and tripled like um uh an Aaron Donald, but because he had Bud Dupree, you know some of those guys on the line, like you don't have to double him because you have other players to worry about. So to Joe's point, I think Bud Dupree is going to do well. I just want to make if he's healthy, I think he's going to be. I, I think the Tennessee Titans got a huge upgrade there. All right, moving on to yeah. L. Gregg's division, the AFC West. All right, we've got the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Joe, what are you thinking? Ooh, I, this one I've been waffling on all day. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, but I think I think I know who you're going to go with. Yeah, I think but you do too. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Oh, um, look at us. You thought, and oh, that's where really? we both went. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think uh, losing Hunter Henry, but go getting Jared Cook as a veteran tight end. Um, but really getting offensive the line Offensive help. line moves. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Offensive line depth to help your young rookie quarterback. I mean, you already have receiver talent out yep. the wazoo with, between Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, and your running backs. I think go and get that offensive line protection to keep him upright and to get him more time in the backfield is going to be 
I don't know what just happened. Tremendous. <laughs> it's tremendous. Second it's most sacked quarterback in the mood. NFL last year. Um, it's not sexy. Listen, everybody listening, I know what you're thinking. Brennan, the offensive line, it's not sexy. I know that. I played offensive line. So did Greg. <laughs> we understand it. But these are incredibly important. They tried moves. to make me, and I said no. Yeah, these are incredibly important moves to the depth of that team. They played great. Herbert, as a rookie, broke all sorts of rookie records, um, but again, was the second most sacked quarterback in the NFL last year. So these offensive line moves, I think, are great. I understand what Kansas City did. Everyone wants to think that's the flashy play. But listen, Kyle Long was retired last year, was hurt the year before, hasn't played more than eight games since 2015. Joe Thune's a great player, um, but Hasn't missed lost, a game. Yeah. They lost both their starting tackles and they, they got resigned. Two tackles coming back. Yeah. That opted they do. out of the year. Yeah, but I just I especially losing Eric Fisher. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think the Chargers did a lot. And again, when we see these teams that have done a ton of moves, like the Raiders. That's what which, I thought you were gonna go with. Hell no. Are you kidding me? The Raiders have completely blown up their offensive line for the most I know, part. But get, Kenyon Drake, John Brown, I really like those two. Um, and they yeah. signed a lot of offensive line. Well, they, they traded Hudson. They did a lot go, but I mean, they did yeah, sign they, a lot of guys too. I mean, the Hudson thing I think is indefensible. He's probably a top three center in the NFL, and yeah. they just couldn't afford to keep him anymore because, as everyone knows, the Las Vegas Raiders are cash poor. And in order to sign players, you have to have that signing bonus in an escrow and an offshore account in order to sign them. And they don't have money to be signing $100 million contracts. It has to be offshore. Uh, it's got to be an escrow. I just assumed escrow was, <laughs> was offshore. Like, hey, learn that from burn notice. Drug dealers? Why is it offshore? <laughs> Greg, just because that's your your division, your team's in there. Do you have anything you want to say about your Denver Broncos? Well, I'm disappointed they haven't addressed uh, some offensive line issues. They've lost Philip Lindsay, yeah. who and sometimes it could be great. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a big loss, but they did re-sign Shelby Harris and Justin Simmons, which. Uh, their defense is looking good because they also signed a couple defensive, defensive backs. Two defensive backs are the only other two yep. notable free agents they signed. So. Well, it's depth, you know. We need depth. One of them's so, very bad. Yeah, depth. I've, I've seen I've seen the highlight tapes of uh, what is it, Ronald Darby? I believe you guys got. Yeah, yeah. not good, not good. He played <laughs> on my team, not good. Hate him. Uh-huh. Hate Moving you, on. We are moving on. Speaking of your team, Joe, the NFC East, Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, also the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington football team. Joe, who you got? Um, I hate this division so much. <laughs> um, I am reluctantly. I mean, anybody I pick is going to be reluctantly because the Eagles did have done literally nothing. They've done That's nothing not to address the things moves. I've asked for. I say go get some linebackers. They have not even called a linebacker. Um, I think the Giants won, even though I think Daniel Jones is god awful. Um, getting Devontae Booker, who I believe was a Bronco as well. Um, getting Kenny Galladay, getting John Ross to pair up with. Uh, What's my guy's name? Uh, Shepard and damn, I can't remember any of their receivers. Anyways, um, getting who are you talking about the Giants? Yeah, who are the who are the receivers? Shepard and um, somebody. Sterling Shepard. Uh, Victor Cruz doesn't still play, does he? No. Shepard and the other dude. Um, we don't need to know his name now. Uh, but they went and got a linebacker who I 
I'm, come on. Reggie Ragland, even though he's not great, but the name is still synonymous with Alabama. So Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Dante Slayton. Pettis. Thank you. Now they have John Ross and Kenny Galladay. Darius Slayton. I think he's like a rookie or something. Or at least and a they have CJ year Board uh, from the Jags. Um, who cares? Uh, <laughs> and resigning Leonard Williamson is a Williamson. Leonard Williams is a big move for that defense that looked really great last year. Yeah, so um, I'm torn. I know what you want to do. The Washington football team is what I want to do. Oh, I know. Um, but I think I'm going to agree with you and go with the Giants just because of the moves they made at wide receiver. Um, that you know they got one of the top prizes in Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, signing the two year deal with Booker. Uh, just I Kyle Rudolph too. You can't. I mean, I know he's older, but you can't overlook that. That guy's got hands like a fucking. And they still magnet. got. Um, can't remember the tight end's name. Oh, Evan Ingram. They still got yeah. him too. So, yeah, I I wanted to say the Washington football team just because of uh, Fitz Magic, and then um, obviously they already have a stout defense. I wanted to say them out. because they re-signed Brandon Sheriff, who's like a great That's, offensive yeah. guard, and they went and got Curtis Samuel. But yeah, Brian and not only that, but they got William Jackson the third. So I yeah, I I'm torn between those two. But if I if gun to my head, just because Alfred Morris played for him last year, I'd say the Giants. All right. Moving on to the NFC North, we've got the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings. Joe, what are you this thinking? This is probably the worst yeah. of all the divisions when I'm looking at the moves. Uh, the Bears, great as Allen Robinson is, if Andy Dalton's your quarterback, you're no longer great. Um, Detroit, as bad as Jared That's Goff a is. Mess. He's he's bad. There's nothing else to say. There's no flip yeah, on that. That's a mess. Green Bay has stayed pat pretty much. Uh, they've only signed Aaron Jones. Uh, the Vikings have made two defensive moves, but they need a def- uh, they need to address some offensive issues. So I think by default, I have to go Green Bay Packers because at least they still have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to agree with you because like I said earlier, you know, sometimes the best moves in free agencies is not making a ton of moves at all. It's very interesting because Green Bay did very similarly to what they did in the draft last year, which is everyone's like, oh, they need all these pieces. They need all these skill positions. And then they're just like, no, nah, we're good. We're good with what we got. <laughs> um, very similar to that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to agree with you as far as the Green Bay Packers. Like you said, they still got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now to the NFC South, We're which is going to be his best team: the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can we move on? Because we all know who won this one. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As soon as Tom Brady decided to restructure his deal and get the band back together, now it's not always that a team is going is guaranteed to make it back to the Super Bowl after getting the band back together. Um, you just like saying getting the band back I just together. Like getting the band back together. Because uh, that cheesy radio. Oh, they're getting the band back together. But um, the, the pieces they are bringing back are pretty great. It's not like yeah. when the Eagles did it and everybody was a little half past their prime. No, Shaq Barrett is still a beast. Levante David is still a beast. And Chris Godwin is a, aside from them drops, a really good receiver. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. This is why I have the Tampa Bay Bucks as the number one team to win free agency. And um, I'm just going to go through it real quick. 
Resigned, 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 <laughs> resigned, received the franchise tag, resigned, resigned, resigned. That's why they have a very good team. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl last year and they kept a lot of their key cornerstone players, uh, especially some of the homegrown talent like Levante David and Shaq Barrett. I completely agree. And again, we'll get more into it when I get into my walk off. Shaq why Barrett I was think originally a Denver Bronco. No, Chris had a yeah. He yes, was, Greg yes, is agreeing with me. Yes, I. He won the Super Bowl with the Broncos, and then he left. Well, Levante David was drafted by the <laughs> Buccaneers in the second round, like ten years ago. So, all right. Um, last one, the NFC West. All right, Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals. All right. Um, this one is gonna look. This one's gonna sound ridiculous. <laughs> I guarantee it. But as we said earlier, offensive line play is essential. Resigning Trent Williams to the biggest deal at left tackle is going to be huge for whomever the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers is, as well as getting Alex Mack to play center. Alex Mack is a professional. Um, so I think for me, San Francisco wins it. Um Yes, free agency. Now, you can go Rams with Matthew Stafford in that trade, but I'm going off free agent sign, re-sign situations. Yeah, if we're talking about just grading free agency, I completely agree with you. I believe the 49ers won. Trent Williams is the best tackle in the NFL. Um, That's the end of the discussion. Alex Mack is older now, but he's a professional. So like you said, it doesn't matter who they have at quarterback because they're going to run that same style that Shanahan loves to run, which is like hit you in the mouth. Play action. Run We're side gonna, to side. Just yep. create openings. So it's not going to matter. They've got their, they're poised to make a big push, especially everything, all the drama with Seattle. The Rams, of course, everyone knows is going to be my favorite for this division going in. That's only because I've dedicated so much love to them that I have to stay on board. All right. Yeah, and when we say who won free agency, this doesn't mean they're going to be the division leaders. We're just saying the teams that made probably the most the responsible yeah. decisions with the there money allocated. Great way to put it. The most responsible decisions. Because sometimes people make very irresponsible decisions in free agency. Yes. Almost like spending $137.5 million on eight new players <laughs> like the Patriots. We'll get into more of that later. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> To the NHL last year, Brennan. To the moving on (laughs) to the NHL. All right, Joe. My my Tampa Bay Lightning. What happened here? They are on a tear, and I'm pulling up the different uh, sheet. Well, they beat the Panthers today, five three. Because is that, how, like is that I said, was that the final suit? Was that the final? That's the final. Yeah. As always, Damn, that was two, two earlier. I know when I saw it, it was two, two. And then I looked back up and it was five, three, because as I said before, the only way these team, two teams can win a game against each other, if the first person to four goals wins. Uh, yeah. So Tampa Bay is now leading your entire national hockey league. Yep. Um, Let's see. So they've been on Discover Century. So they've won five out of their last seven. Um, They're just they're they're actually breaking away now from Florida. Um, It's four points. Settle down. They're up by about four points. (laughs) Tyler Johnson, who I remember when I first got into Tampa, was like the young buck, 
young guy, and now he's the one breaking ties to beat the Panthers. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. Steven Samco still leading in goals, the captain, the number one guy. Um, getting older in age, but he's still doing it. Victor Hedman and, uh, like I said, Tyler Johnson, the young buck. Well, I guess he's not that young anymore because that was years ago. But um, <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. Again, it's been – I was watching them the other day. Um, I think they were playing the Dallas Stars, and it was crazy. They were up 3-1 in the third period with, like, four minutes left. Greg, I don't know if you caught this. Dallas came back and tied it. Like, empty net, like, <laughs> full-on offensive push, ended up tying the game against the Lightning within four minutes. And I was like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then they ended up winning in overtime. But, hey, if the mighty if D3, Mighty Ducks 3, taught us anything, it takes less than a second to score a goal. What the Joe, or excuse me, we're not going to go to Joe. We're going to jump over to L. Greg. Yes. The Avs are back. Tell us what's going on with your avalanche, Greg. Yes, sir. The Avs are pretty much at full strength right now, finally. And it's showing in their win losses when they won the last six and eight, one and one in the last 10. They just came off a series with the Wild where they won both games, outscoring the Wild 11 to one in those two, in those two games. Ooh. It was a blowout. Damn. Five, one, six, nothing. And, you know, Grubauer gave up one goal and then a shutout. He was the player of the week last week in the NHL, and he's on, he could be it again this week. He is, uh, he's only given up three goals in the last six games total. Three goals wow. in six Damn. games. Was that a he goal came in, like we that? started, Jesus uh, they started Hunter Miska. Uh, against Anaheim, which should have been an easy win. But he gave up four goals on his first six shots. So Grubauer came in once again Jeez. and didn't give up another goal. And Avalanche won that game eight to four. So everything Jeez. is going well Speaking for the, of the Bron- score Broncos like for that. the Avalanche, except for their backup, <laughs> which is no longer their backup, by the way. Oh, yeah, didn't you guys? I think I saw you guys got a new goal. Yeah, we from traded the for a guy from the Sabres yesterday, Joe Hansen or something like that. Okay. But well, damn. Before Everybody I, watch out for the Avalanche. Before yes, I sir. do get into my Panthers, uh, I gotta, I gotta. Did you guys see the Flyers uh, score from last week where they lost? I think it was 9 0 uh, to the Rangers, and the whole Rangers coaching staff. Was put in protocol. Yeah, I did see so that. So they had to like call up their minor league coaching staff to come up. I was like, "What the, the hell?" I- irony is this? The irony was the minor league coaching staff for the Rangers that got Used called up. Used to coach the Flyers. Yeah, got <laughs> fired from the Flyers two years ago. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "What the heck?" Sweet irony, right there. Yeah, that's um, hockey for you, baby. That was a bizarro score. When I looked, I saw nine. I was like. Am I looking at this correctly? Did ESPN <laughs> crash? What the heck is going on here? <laughs> but um, the Panthers lost to Lightning. To, but uh, before that, we split games with Nashville, and we had like a five-game winning streak uh, amongst Columbus and Chicago. Um, we are 7-3 and three in our last 10 <sighs> games. We are right now still second in the Central. Um, I think that's pretty much going to be – we're going to be swapping back and forth between us and the Lightning. Um, yep. As great as Carolina is and Vinny Trocek is the destroyer of all things Panthers since we got rid of him. Um, 
I don't think they have enough to unseat us from two for the entirety of the season. Um, Dreeter has been playing well, and Bobrovsky has been playing exceptionally better since I trashed him the last couple weeks. So that 10 mil a year is starting to pay off. Um, Barkov is still the captain and the leader. Uh, Verhage is a godsend. No, no, no. Hornquest is a godsend. Verhage is a whiz kid. And Duclair is the homie. The homie. You hear that? The homie. <laughs> All right. Recapping everything through the kickoff, we're going to go into the quick hits now. Greg. And you'll be surprised how quick. And- quick. Mayman hits quick hit. All right, so this is going to be a little bit of a discussion portion. We're going to try and make it quick, 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 though, baby. Quick, quick. Quick, quick. First thing we are going to talk about is the March Madness NCAA NCAA tournament. Tournament. Men's. Oh, yeah, men's tournament. We're going to talk about the men's first. Joe, biggest upset. Talk to me. All right. A lot of upsets. A lot of upsets. (laughs) A lot of upsets. Which... I feel was expected. I mean, this has been an up and down year. Some teams haven't played full schedules. Um, some of the bigger teams, uh, three teams are coming in literally like the day of to play games. Um, but I think the biggest upset was to me, uh, Abilene Christian over Texas. Now, the reason I say this is because it is a in-state affair. Abilene Christian is in Texas. So it's one of those those kids played against those kids and they wanted to go to Texas. And so they beat them. And, you know, that whole love affair that we've created in those scenarios. Um, And it's a one point game. Shaka Smart, we just won the Big 12 tournament. And we thought this is going to be the Texas team that he finally does something with. He since he got to Texas, he hasn't won a game in the NCAA tournament with Texas. So all that there. Um, that was the biggest upset to me because I thought that was a cakewalk for Texas. Yeah, so um, my biggest upset is going to kind of be it's kind of twofold. It's going to it's going to be Oral Roberts. Yeah, I was going to say it has to be. <laughs> yeah, because they beat Ohio State, but not only did, not only that, but then they went out and they they beat Florida in the next round. Yes, so that's by far, in my opinion, the biggest upset. I completely agree with what you're saying, but. Like this, this it's a no, fifteen seed. I was say it's a fifteen it seed. Yeah. Yes, obviously. Like even Illinois going down, it's, it pales in comparison to Oral Roberts beating Ohio State and then beating Florida. So yeah. that's my biggest upset so far. That's that Dunk and, City situation right there. Fifteen getting the two wins and moving through. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, this is insane. So. Um, That's but that, that Illinois Loyola game is a, a, akin to the Abilene Christian uh, Texas yeah, game. Yeah, very much. It's yeah. the same thing where the smaller school in state, though it's it's uh, if you think a couple of years back when Wichita State played Kansas, like Kansas refused to schedule in state games against Wichita State. So when they finally played each other in the tournament and Wichita brought it to them, everybody was like, "Oh snap!" So I had, I yeah, had Illinois. Illinois versus Texas in the final four. So that's uh, that side of my bracket's done. <laughs> Luckily, Baylor's still in the yeah, I had I had Illinois winning everything. So I'm, I I'm out Illinois, too. Uh, I had Illinois in there and I had Virginia in there. And I think I had Texas. I, I did have Texas in my final four. Um, and I had Virginia winning and Virginia got bounced by Ohio. So 
Well, that's the thing too, is Virginia, they were coming off that whole COVID situation. Yeah, they, were literally so. land, they landed on Friday and played Saturday. <laughs> so they had no practice time, allegedly, as we're led to believe. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, um, speaking of allegedly no practice time, uh, we're moving. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I <was> like, what? <laughs> Joe, this is going to be your wheelhouse because I, I haven't obviously watched any of um, this. I don't know why that's obvious. I just haven't. Yeah, why been- is that obvious, Brennan? I haven't been in touch with the tournament fully, and I'm definitely not in touch with the women's tournament. I know yeah, I've you been in are touch a with lover. none of the tournaments. I'm just going off. Of, I know uh, you're a lover of women's sports. I, I know you are an advocate for um, that. Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, so go ahead, take it away. See, um, you like that save? I fucking saved that baby. You kind of saved yourself, uh, but um, I think my prediction for the winners this year is Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, everybody who has not been paying attention will like you to believe that UConn has their dominance is going to extend across the universe, and UConn hasn't won the tournament since I believe 2016. So yeah, they're not very good. Um, no, they're still really good, Brendan. <laughs> But um, immediately regretted saying that. <laughs> they're still really good. But a what is it? A rising tide lifts all boats. Um, yep. Those years when UConn was on a tear and people were saying they're bad for the game. Um, the true watchers of women's college basketball were saying, no, this is how it happens. And then talent would be dispersed evenly eventually. And we're now seeing the. uh the uh, mm, so something got sowed. The root sowed. We're seeing yeah. the chickens come home to roost. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that one. That's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a big field. Uh, I think Stanford is going to be really good as well. But Where's Baylor I think at? Baylor's. I think they're a two seed. Okay. Um, I wanted to make sure I still knew tertiarily what was going on. Yeah, um, but I really, I've really uh, come to really like Don Staley. I would have liked Duke to have been here, but Duke uh, and Carol Lawson they shut down their program very early in the season after a couple COVID outbreaks. Um, but yeah, Don Staley and the Gamecocks, I think, are going to win it all this year. All right, beautiful. I love it. Um, we are going to move on to a more serious topic now before the walkoffs. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, 12 allegations now? 12 allegations. So, Joe, you want to... I mean, I don't... There's a lot of... Obviously, I'm a comic. The first thing I want to do is make <laughs> jokes. Uh, but uh, this is this could turn into be something uh, real seriously. No criminal charges have yet to be filed as of yesterday. Um, yeah. They but, said that's the next step that they're going to take. But Yeah. I believe they said they're getting ready to turn the evidence over to authorities and which authority. And uh, I believe the lawyer said he's recommending a grand jury to potentially uh, look into filing charges. Um, this doesn't look good. Uh, cynical mind, of course, everybody probably thought when the first one came out, oh, somebody's after a cash grab, somebody disgruntled lawyer who allegedly is the owner's neighbor or something or other. Uh, This is a way to sully Deshaun Watson's name. But then immediately there's a second allegation and a third allegation, then six allegations. And then I get home, I think Friday night and I'm on the phone with my brothers and they're like, well, now there's 12 allegations. I'm like, what? Okay. All right. 12 people aren't lying. This is, this is, uh, this is bearing out to be a pattern of some sort. 
And it's going to be really easy to tell who's telling the truth and who's lying because there's receipts on damn near everything. Apparently, he contacted these women over Instagram and flew some of them out. So we'll see plane tickets now. Oh, yeah. We're going to see. I mean, the truth is going to come out one way or the other. I, uh, If I can just say, as far as his trade stock, um, it's unaffected. Yeah, I don't think this will have any bearing. Football viewpoint. Yeah, this. this is no owner, no GM, no. This isn't, and I'm just I'm being I honest. Can't say like no, but most, most. Okay, we'll go with most. And I I think it's a it's a terrible thing to even have these allegations brought before you. You know, it's one of the what's the old saying? You know, if you're in the wrong place, wrong time, you shouldn't be there anyway, or whatever the fuck it is. Like to, to be in a situation where this could happen, it's, yeah. it's shitty. And like you said, the first couple, I was like, oh, you know, Titans fans are mad. Like people are going way over the top. And then yeah. as it added Titans? up, I was like, Man, you're really off. Texans. Texans. God damn it. That's my one mistake. I was, gonna let I was roll. so much better this <laughs> week. Like, and I made one mistake. <laughs> no. Um, if he just said Oilers. Oilers, I would have let you get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> the Oilers fans. <laughs> I don't think it's going to affect his uh, trade status, but it is shitty, man. It's like, come on, like you're, but why, 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 do you, yeah. why? Uh, <laughs> people who are, there's going to be people who are going to say, um, well, why are these women uh, looking after a civil suit versus a criminal suit? It's way easier to, well, not way easier, but the burden of proof is Far less in a civil suit than far it is in a less criminal suit. to prove in a civil suit versus a criminal suit, and we've seen many of high-profile athletes, celebrities win uh, criminal suits. Uh, uh, ben Roethlisberger, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, there was somebody else I was thinking of. Uh, oh, uh, Greg Hardy got away with his oh, situation. Yeah. Um, we've seen many high-profile athletes because. They have the money to push that, whereas on civil cases, they're far easier to settle um, because it's probably in their best interest to get the story out of the headlines. And oftentimes, I mean, they're abusing power. They they have grandiose. Uh, what's the word? Dang it. Ideas of grandeur or whatever about themselves, and they think they're untouchable and unpenetrable. And this kind of seems like what this situation was, at least from the outside, looking in with the information that's been released so far. Um, Yeah. So when life becomes sports, you got to talk about some of these things. Yeah. And it's just it's it's one of those things where it's, you know, we don't. We obviously don't know exactly what happened. Uh, the truth will come out, though. It always does. Doesn't matter if it takes six weeks or six years. It'll 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 come out. Yeah. And uh, I'm interested mainly just to see how the organization reacts to this, especially being run now by a pastor, and how <laughs> the trade is affected because he's still going to get traded. And I, like I said earlier, from a very cynical football view, most GMs aren't going to give a shit. Because Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I, I know people out there think, you know, how can you say that? That's sports. That's been sports my whole life. If you're really good, people look the other way. You know what solves all the problems? Winning. And I know it's a terrible thing to say, but that's just how a lot of these GMs view this. I mean, so look at Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude was accused of. Anyway, Two let's times. not get you. Yeah. <laughs> twice. Uh, um, um, but yeah. 
I mean, Michael, uh, look at the Michael Vick situation. And he came back and fucking was a pro bowler. But that's like, what I was going to say. Um, the thing with making the trade now is you're going to have to explain it to your fans. And this yep. person's going to have to be on their best behavior. And they're going to have to it's do gotta a, be a lot of owner. work. It's got to be, be a strong owner. owner. And they're going to have to do a lot of work to within the community rehabbing and stuff. Yes. Yep. I was going to say, because a, the, the only reason Mike Vick was be. Uh, able to be sold to the fan base of the Philadelphia Eagles was because one, he did jail time. Um, and two, yeah, 18 he months. then did so much work on the advocacy of animal rights. Um, yeah. And he was out there in front of the people doing that. Deshaun's going to have to show a lot of contrition, which is crazy. Cause he works in the community in Houston, like a lot. I know. Um, look, the, the, the image that's been portrayed of him, was so he was a choir boy basically this yeah. kid who his mom's house was bought by uh their work done uh through a program work done had done in georgia and stuff so this is gonna his whole image is unraveling before us and you, you hope none of these allegations are true but you don't want to uh, it's a very Tiger Woods situation in a way. Pain, so. Yeah, it's a very Tiger Woods situation. Where well, you it's think- the ide- uh, idolization of athletes. We make them to be something that they're not just because they're in yeah. front of us and they play for our team when they're, they're human beings and they succumb to the whims that every human being does. Yeah, but what I meant is like there are some athletes where you're like, oh, that guy's like a dog. Like we know, like, come on, Harden, like we all know his deal, like stuff like that. But <laughs> he's not a dog. You know what I mean? Just like went to the strip club. Deshaun probably should have just went to the strip club. No, but you understand what I'm saying. But like the the point I was going to make is that like Deshaun Watson, like Tiger Woods, was seen as a squeaky clean. All he does is practice, watch film, and that's it. Like doesn't do anything wrong. Like there are guys that are out and about and stuff. Like you would never think like of certain players as like choir boys, but like to be in that level of like never screws up, never does anything wrong. Face of a franchise, the guy you want running your locker room to 12 separate people have come out and accused him of doing something pretty shitty. Yes. Very untoward. Um, Well, the last thing I'll say uh, to answer that um, or not answer, but respond to that before we get off this topic is it's always interesting when someone is front facing Uh, tiger became the face of golf. Yeah. Sean is one of the faces of the NFL. So the media perception that they create around some of these guys are to present them to an audience as this type of person where we don't know what these people are doing in their personal lives. Yeah. We no, only you're 100% know what's right. being shown to us. You're exactly right. Cause if LeBron, if something like this came out about, yeah, if someone like this came out to LeBron James, I'd be floored. I would, yeah, exactly. I would be floored. Exactly. He looks like the greatest human being on. He looks like a humanitarian. He has one blemish, and that's not saying something about the situation in China. That's the yeah. only blemish he has on his entire, entire career. Record, yep. <laughs> Which has been going on for a long time. Anyway, we're gonna move off this topic. Send all your hate mail to um, at Joe Dorville on Twitter. Bring it on. Moving on to the walk off. Don't at me. Welcome to the big leagues. All right, so the walk-off will be a short essay portion. We've come to that time. Getting lights going down. Who goes first? the show. 
Uh, technically, you would go first, okay. but if yours is heavy, no, I, I, can go I just, first. I just, it's been so many weeks, I forgot. Okay, so Joe will go first. So I will shut up. Take it away, Joe. Shut up, Greg. Shut up. Have a sip of Buffalo Trace, though, on me. All right. My walk off this week is entitled Respect. Now, on Thursday, the collegiate women basketball teams arrived in San Antonio to gear up for the start of their tournament. But something was sorely lacking. The workout gear. After a year of understanding and during Women's History Month, the NCAA shows their lack of respect towards women athletics and women athletes. Sedona Prince of the Oregon Ducks showed off their lovely accommodation, which they were expected to use in order to work out to get ready for their games. It was a set of dumbbells that maxed out at about 30 pounds and some yoga mats. By comparison, the men had several rows of squat rack, bent pre- bench press stations, and obviously an unending amount of resources. This is just another sad illustra- illustration of the disrespect towards women athletes. We've made conscious efforts to include women into our... Wait. Oh, oh, oh. We've made... Me, me in the show. We've made conscious efforts to include women's sports into our show, and not only for any other reason than we are fans of watching these athletes at the height of their game. There is This isn't one of these BS things where one has to say, oh, I have a mom, oh, I have a sister, oh, I have a daughter. None of that is necessary or required in order to pay respect to women athletes the same way we do men. I don't watch Megan Rapinoe because I have a mom. I don't watch Serena Williams because I have a sister. I don't watch Candace Parker because I have a daughter. Mind you, I don't have sisters or daughters. Uh, I watch them because they are great. So it's about time we started treating them as so. Love it. My man, always going after the marginalized. Yes. I'm a speaker for the little people and those who are marginalized in every walk of life. That was good. I liked it. Um, Thank you. It's funny because as I find you it interesting. it up so well. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I didn't even know what your walk off was. I'm I just so good at, I'm so good at hosting. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But it is interesting because there's a part of me when you talk about uh, women's sports and women athletes and stuff, there's a part of me that like naturally wants to kick in like the funny stuff, like, oh yeah, but uh, we don't even watch it. But then there's a bigger part of me that's like, no, I like, I love women. athletes. <laughs> like, 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 like it all comes from, it comes from two things for me. Um, one, when I would play basketball with the girls basketball team at my high school, they were fucking hoopers. Like, yeah, it didn't change the fact that they were a different sex or they had different sexual preference than us. They would hoop with us and they would kick our asses a lot of the fucking times. The second thing is ESPN's. I don't know if a concerted effort, but their willingness to put women voices at the forefront. Uh, Kate Fagan, Jamel Hill, Sarah Spain, Mina Kimes, all these women, uh, L. Duncan, all these great women that talk about sports. They're, they're as knowledgeable as you and me and obviously way more knowledgeable than you and me. So hearing them and it's like, yeah, why would anybody try to shit on women's sports? It's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like Nora Princiati from the Ringer is one of my favorite uh, writers and voices when it comes to the NFL. 
And I find it most interesting because I don't like to, for the most part, I would rather, when it comes to breaking down things like free agency or trades or stuff like that, I would rather listen to a reporter Mm-hmm. than a former player. Now, if it comes to breaking down film and you want to talk to me about, you know, four threes versus three fours, I'd rather listen to a player, a former player or a former coach. But when it comes to transactions or just the overall landscape, I'd rather listen to a reporter yeah. because they have much more insight in the grand. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they see the bigger picture as a story and yeah, can portray it that way. They're not looking at it just as a player on the team. They're looking at exactly. the and impact so, of the entirety of the situation. So I guess when it comes to like a broad a broad view, I'd rather listen to a reporter. And like I said, Mina Kimes, I love Mina Kimes. Uh, Nora Princiati is one of my favorite when it comes to the NFL. Given I still like you know Kevin Clark and those guys, but it's just like I never think when I'm listening to her. It's like a lot of those male reporters didn't fucking play either. Like who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, like the stuff they get on the internet is also some of the grossest shit. <laughs> Men don't just, have to go through what they have to go through online alone. I know, man. That it, whole she, that whole she could get it story. That's yeah. Just, well, not <laughs> even that. Just like people talking about their appearances. Like I think uh, a couple months back when Maria Taylor wore something on the NFL sideline or something or other, and people were like, "Oh, you shouldn't be wearing that." Uh, da 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 da. And Tony Reality was like, "I've been wearing a black collar shirt." For a hundred days, I literally wear the same thing to work every day, and no one makes a sense Nobody about my appearance. Yeah. So why are you talking about her appearance? Just listening to the reporting, and also shout out Jane McManus. Shout out! I need to All shut right. up. Joe, shut up! Oh, Greg, you're not talking, but I'm going to say it anyway. Shut up. The title of my walk off, let me get you guys both off the screen, is Free Agent Frenzy. All right. NFL free agency is a fickle thing. On the one hand, it gives teams the opportunity to fill holes in the roster immediately. On the other hand, big name free agents are expensive and bring about the obvious point. Why have you not drafted better at these certain positions? I've always been a big believer in building a team through the draft and using free agency as a secondary option to go out and maybe get one or two players that can make an impact on your team. The true goal of free agency is to draft high quality players and then re-sign them so they never reach the open market. I wanted to look at a couple of examples of how different free agency can be for different teams. First is my ultimate loser in free agency, which is the New England Patriots. This spending spree in free agency for the Patriots this offseason is a far cry from how Bill Belichick normally runs his organization. I understand the Patriots made moves to sure up holes they found in both the offense and the defense. But these holes are not only due to the opt-outs from last year and the different situations with injuries, but they are a direct result from their lackluster drafts. So they decided to improve with free agents. A few examples. Matthew Judon, linebacker from from the Ravens, is a great player, but had a tremendous amount of success due to the fast-paced blitzing nature of of the Ravens defense, which leads to more one-on-one blocking and free roaming linebackers. He signed for $32 million guaranteed. Nelson Aguilar seemed to be on his way out, signed a one-year 1.1 veteran minimum deal with the Las Vegas Raiders last season and played great, outplayed his contract. He's now guaranteed $16 million from the Patriots. Why not try to find the receiver this, this year that was Nelson last year at that position? A decline in performance, which leads to a discount that he'll outplay. 
Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, both incredibly good pass catching tight ends, but overall not great blockers. And Henry has had his own troubles with locker room and off the field issues. My point is the Patriots gave out over one uh, 137.5 million in guaranteed contracts to eight new to the team free agents. This seems to be overkill and proves even with constantly trading down and acquiring extra draft picks, there are no promises these players will pan out. I will give them credit for getting a fourth round compensatory pick for Van Noy from the Dolphins and then resigning him after he was cut by Miami. That was spectacular. <laughs> My biggest winner in free agency is, you guessed it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Teams talk about running it back all the time, but the Bucks have. They were able to secure Brady and Gronk to long-term, be it voidable, contracts, not letting them sniff free agency. The main prize in all of this was their ability to keep talent on the roster that one of which they had drafted and groomed, and the other they got when he was young in his career, Levante David and Shaq Barrett. Given they took a little hometown discount, but at the end of the season, no one thought the Bucks could clear enough cap space to keep all these core players together. Take it from me, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Spending big money in free agency rarely results in a huge turnaround for the team. Most of the time when players get to free agency, there may be a few issues. The team will way overspend for them. They will let up now that they've been paid or they're just over the hill. I've seen plenty of examples of this just recently with Joe Schubert and Andrew Norwell. So, yes, you should be excited when your team is going out and adding pieces it may need in free agency. Just be wary of what it really means for the front office. No team should be in a frenzy when it comes to free agency. Perfect. Had to switch up that Shaq Barrett thing. On I the, see. On the you fly. did it good on the fly there, buddy. <laughs> I could have sworn he was drafted by them. No, no, I was thinking Devin, Devin White. Yes, Devin White. All right. Take us to the press conference, baby. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right. I also do comedy on the side. Um, Brennan Tassif, you can find me at Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'll have uh, comedians, actors, musicians, all sorts of people on. We'll talk about old drinking yes, stories. Yes. It is a comedy <laughs> podcast. I'm trying to get an executive chef on there. Uh, <laughs> This week coming up, uh, Matt Folcheron, been on Comedy Central Presents, uh, been on The Late Late Show, all that kind of stuff. He will be my guest this week. Huge so Check guess. that out. Huge guest. Biggest uh, guest as far as TV credits I've had so far. Since headphone Joe. Uh, hey, how's it going? My name is Joe. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. Uh, you can follow. You can check out my hip-hop album TV by headphone Joe. No, oh, no, e. Brennan, I believe you have to pay us for those promotions now that you have a Patreon. Um, Didn't so, mention yeah, the Patreon. That's about it. Uh, Greg. You guys, uh, you're listening to this. You may not know that we uh, record this while we're on Twitch. So we're streaming. You can look at our faces while we say really cool stuff. So twitch.tv slash pod. And listen to or find out about all our podcasts on the Anulo Network at anulo.co. Yes. That's awesome. Brennan, take us out. That is why we play the games. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out, Tyson Alulu, coming back to the family that drafted you, baby. 
You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.